1: To the Brandon Peters show for the first like real new episode of 2023. I did a solo episode last week. That uh, was kind of something, but we're here today. Today uh, discussing the Urban Legend series of films that ran from 1998 to 2005. And joining me for that, we have got the. I know what you did last summer a reunion of voice of the show and from the Bob and Tom show, Jessica Allsman. Hello. And author. Not of ULs.
2: Thank uh, you.
1: Greg thank Magoon.
2: You.
3: <laughs> Hello.
1: Greg, I hope you appreciate it. I called it series of films and not franchise, like I did last yes, summer. Yes. I called it- <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, we did this I know what you did last summer trilogy uh thing for its anniversary last year uh, or months ago, but it was last year. Yeah. And people uh you Listeners, you loved it. You guys, I got a lot of feedback on that one. Really strong, positive vibes. Some, what are you waiting for? Where, what are you waiting for, huh? gifts. And so we're here with Urban Legend, the other series that came out during the Scream era. Also of note, my son told me, who's been seeing some of these for the first time. He said he was with my wife somewhere and he used, what are you waiting for, huh? Yeah. He says something. He's like, "Yeah." So uh, I guess that that film was worth something, or something like that. He wasn't the biggest fan of those. He did watch the first two of these, just like Jessica. So our our conversation here is going to be the three of us for two films, and then Jessica's gonna enjoy Greg and I describing the third one.
2: I knew I was forgetting oh. something, but to be fair, I didn't. I've never seen the second one before, and I haven't seen the whatever you want to call that. Is it a third one or just a Third movie.
4: It's I mean it's a third movie with an urban legend title.
1: It it does mention the first two films in pass in a passing one of the classic research scenes that we used to have in movies.
2: Mm. Well, I missed it. I was in a bathtub full of ice.
1: Yeah, yeah
2: getting (laughs) cut open. So
4: there you go. I
1: can't wait to Uh, hear your
2: thoughts and comments though on it. Gotcha. And Um, go and watch it.
4: So, did miss out on some like killer c g i though and that third one. <laughs> I will say you yeah. are deprived of some of those c g i effects that I don't think our interpretation and description will do it justice, but um mm-hmm. one day you'll you'll experience it
1: and the wait. and the world's introduction to Kate and Rooney Mara, so
4: oh yeah, that's yeah. right so five, yeah. Yeah. It, it had potential it had oh, potential anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, yeah. we'll get into that. So, uh, just like I said, yeah, about the third. Um, I always know what you did last summer. It could have been good. the Bloody Mary, could have been actually good.
1: It no, it could have been so. This night, 1998, we went by it when we talked about. I'll, I still know what you did last summer. This came out during the just push of we had like hot start like Halloween H2O. This one comes out, Urban Legend. We have Bride of Chucky. There's and and then I still know you did last summer. Lots of slasher stuff. But where were you at with the series? Like, Jessica, apparently you didn't see them all. I saw them all. Uh, well, I meant back when they came out. Back oh, when they came out. I only um,
2: saw the first one Yeah, uh, when it came out. We gotcha. got the VHS. I was the house you go to to watch scary movies. Yeah, you know, oh, I was in elementary school.
1: I was one of those. I loved
2: it. So I was Damn. having all the girls over. And, of course, we're like, "Pasty winner! OMG! And, yeah. All that gotcha. stuff. But yeah, uh, I never saw the second one ever. I don't know how I missed it.
4: Oh I don't know how you did either. You didn't hear the dolphins cry? <sighs> I saw the first one in theaters and I will mm-hmm. vividly remember when I saw that in theaters because a movie which I'll get to why from the movie, but what I experienced through the movie, which is actually a tie-in to Scream, oddly enough. Oh okay. um, because I was twelve when I saw Urban Legends in theaters. Um, Yeah, I came out an idea. So I was 12. And um, side note tangent, which we're going to talk about Scream eventually, but um, staying at like a family friend's house and I'm sleeping on the couch and the TV is off. It's dark in the room and the TV's facing like the couch kind of faces stairs and there's a little like walkway behind it. Kind of like in the first Scream movie, Mm -hmm. kind of wake up in the middle of the night and I'm looking at the reflection of the TV. And as I'm looking at the reflection of the TV, hovering over me. Is somebody wearing the Ghostface mask? Uh,
3: After uh, I saw
4: Urban (laughs) Legend, I bolted the couch, ran to the kitchen, started throwing pots and pans, screaming as a twelve-year-old. But basically, I got randied in Scream. Only like Ghostface actually like went after me. After seeing Urban Legends, so like because I was kind of on edge because of one scene in the movie, which we'll get to, an Urban Legend, and they like played on my fear, and they had a like, and they knew I love Scream, so they mm. used their ghost face mask to like basically terrify me. So the night I saw Urban Legends in theaters, I was like scarred and traumatized as a child by the ghost face mask. Oh. Gotcha. So, I will I will always remember that night when I almost destroyed somebody's house because you don't want to mess with me when I'm scared because I will try to kick your ass <laughs> even as a twelve year old. That's gotcha.
1: Right, you're
2: in fight mode. You will fight. You're not so, gonna freeze.
4: Yeah, I really did. I was throwing pots and pans. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I uh,
1: I uh, saw the first. I saw the first two in the theaters opening weekends. The, f- the first one I saw, I skipped a group lunch because it was like a school half day, and I was like, nope, I'm going to see Urban Legend. Sorry. First screening it's at one o'clock. Got to do that because I was cool. And then. The third one, I I believe I did the subtitle quality control check on it uh, when it came to DVD. So I yeah, got to see that before it came out uh, or whatever. but um, also in my room in high school, uh, yeah, I said I had this, I still know what you did last summer poster last time. Next to it was the urban legend poster,
0: which was also double
1: double sided light box didn't mess around.
2: Is this podcast just going to do movie posters from your bedroom? As
1: I a guess. Trail? I guess that's all so we're, we're doing. Covering
2: that those are the series we'll do.
1: Just wait till we get oh to that's s- fine. Wait till we get to species.
4: <laughs> oh you uh, had that on wait. I had
2: the well, poster.
1: The movie posters. I had the poster for the second one because it was a lenticular. Um, one of my friends who worked at the video store, like held it for me i didn't even like the movie but it was because it was this lenticular poster where it was um natasha henstridge when and then when he walked by it she yeah. turned into the sill so i was like you know yep. what? that's cool i don't care it's cool so yeah well i also have the i had the gross point blank poster and we did that was my second episode of this show so if there's that uh i guess we'll have to talk john carpenter's vampires because i had that one because it was the new john carpenter movie at the time yeah uh yeah yeah um and we're doing scream which i had the scream 2 poster and this a german poster for the original scream up in my room as well like my room you could not see the wall or the ceiling it was top to bottom posters in high school
4: that was like me but my posters were much more random than yours because no one would ever guess the ones that i've had as a child i had and they were all framed, too. I, like, properly framed every poster. Mm-hmm. I had American Beauty, Moulin Rouge, Chicago, and Tomb Raider. So those were the four main posters I had on my oh. wall. And then I had a life-size cardboard cutout of Pamela Anderson as barbed wire, um, the one where she's, like, leaning yeah, on the ground, yeah, yeah. like, like the, the double gun-like thing. I had that cardboard cutout, which I got from a movie theater, and a cardboard cutout of Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy, which isn't a movie, but, like, those were my, like, movie-featured things in my room.
1: Doesn't have to be that, yeah. That's an awesome Ah. cardboard cutout. I had a Boba Fett uh, cardboard cutout.
4: Oh, no rhyme or reading,
1: but yeah, okay. Let's head on into the first (laughs) film of the series, Urban Legend.
4: Contemporary folklore passed on as a true story.
1: This is what we call an urban. Legend. On September 25th. Isn't there another story about a guy with an axe hiding in a woman's backseat? The
3: legend. What is he gonna do next? Uh, spider eggs and bubblegum are coming to light.
1: Why isn't anyone listening to me? Call 911. This girl,
4: she could have been any one of us. Everything you heard is true. Urban legend. Read it R. Opens
1: everywhere September twenty. Directed by Jamie Blanks, written by Silvio Horta. Who was a went on to be a writer producer for the United States Ugly Betty, starring, uh, Leisha Witt, Jared Leto, Rebecca Gayhart, Joshua Jackson, Tara Reid, Michael Rosenbaum, Loretta Devine, Danielle Harris, Brad Dourif, Natasha Gregson Wagner, and Robert England. It's about a college student suspects a series of bizarre deaths are connected to certain urban legends. S- some uh, notes here. Uh, apparently, Tara Reid replaced Sarah Michelle Gellar as Sasha and uh, in this. And also, uh, Melissa Joan Hart Whoa. rejected this one, too, for the lead, as did Reese Witherspoon. Is Melissa Joan Hart
2: ever in a slasher? No. Probably, I don't think she's just interested in this. No,
4: no, no, Is she wasn't. Sarah Michelle
2: Gellar like, doing cruel intentions or something during that time? Which I think it was Buffy.
4: It was Buffy. Yeah, she was Buffy. She was too famous, like getting mm-hmm. too famous at that point. Yep. Although she, she did a... agree to do Scream 2. So. Yeah,
1: that was, yeah, because she got, it was, you know, two scenes and it was they kept... It yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: expanded her role in Scream right. 2. Anyways, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later.
1: Yes. Let's go with Jessica. Your th- original, your thoughts on Urban Legend, your initial thoughts and such. uh
2: I, again, as it, it took me back to being a child and... Watching it as an adult, because I don't think I've seen it since I was probably maybe in junior high. Mm -hmm. It's kind of such a silly premise (laughs) that there's like a college course on urban legends. And this is like the first time they're hearing about them all, I guess, because even as a kid, I thought I knew about them. But maybe it's from this movie that I learned about them, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. But I loved the entire cast. And I feel super old because I didn't realize who half of them were during that time. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, look who it is. Um, except for Joshua Jackson and Rebecca Gayhart. I feel like those are the only two people I really knew during that time. And I love Pacey Witter and I love bleach blonde Pacey Witter, (laughs) but I absolutely love Rebecca Gayhart. And as I was watching (laughs) the movie, rewatching it, there are certain lines that you remember and all of a sudden it's like, I'm quoting it with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that really stuck with me, including the end of the movie when, which I don't know if we're allowed to give spoilers that early.
1: Yeah. Oh, spoil away. I assume everybody-
2: a.k.a. Rebecca Gayheart with her beautiful, curly, spiral, crazy hair. Everything she was saying, I was like, oh, my God, I remember all of this. When <laughs> she, I'm trying to think of what I wrote it down because I remember saying this all the time. It was a uh... that's right. I wrote it in tight. Lucky for you, Miss Thang. And then the uh, I tried therapy and obviously it didn't work. But her whole crazy vibe at the end, I absolutely loved it. I love that she was the killer. But then again, The whole time, knowing that it's going to be her, I'm like, how the heck did she drag all these male bodies that are probably Mm -hmm. heavier than her? Because she is tiny. Not saying Mm -hmm. she's not strong, but like she had to have some manpower to just haul all these bodies around so quick. And it goes back to the I know what you did last summer theory that, you know, when you're a killer, you have magic superpowers and things can just vanish like crabs in a trunk. Mm -hmm. Where are they now? Oh, a body yep. in a car and broken glass. No big deal. Already gone. Like that part just kind of blew me away. I still don't understand how she was going to frame Wexler, Robert England. Like, oh, he obviously killed himself. And I'm like, how? He looks really stabby. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I was like, that's kind of a whatever. But everything else is fine. I loved it. And the cheesy, like, let me tell you the story about why I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you and I killed everybody else. With a slideshow, Ugh. because she's that crazy, and I love
1: it. <laughs> it's theatrical. It's great. I love, I love it. I know. it.
2: And I was <laughs> it like, oh, really what? is good. It's like, I hope she kills them all and gets away with it. It'd be great. Which she kind of does get away with it, clearly. She as we really kind of does. As, mm-hmm. She's a swimmer, so she goes in the water. Great. She'll swim right out of it. And seeing her at the end with her straight hair, not a fan of the straightened, you know, hair, whatever, yeah. it's fine, but. I love it. I well, love it.
1: I'll say this for the movie, it does have a scapegoat in that the wrap around the end of the movie is someone telling a story. So it can be embellished. It can be, you know, all the things we're like, oh, I don't know about that. Well, it's some guy telling a story, maybe. And so yeah. he, and the urban legend always, you know, so it has that escape route to it. So, uh, Greg, your initial run with this original urban legend.
4: I love this movie, but I mean the, the the premise of it is actually genuinely very clever. Like the concept of it is really funny because urban legends exist out of myth, so it actually is a clever idea to create these myths in real life and like do it in your own or like in your own style. And I love that you was the kill, and really you broke down urban legends core: venge the death of her soulmate. Um, so. I appreciate that aspect of her unhinged behavior, doing out of love, um, despite the fact that she was killing all these people. But I I like the urban legends that they actually um, chose, and I loved the opening scene, although it was very frustrating. The opening scene is frustrating for a number of reasons for me, but it was well well made, it was funny, it was interesting, I thought the characters were interesting, and I really wish that college course was offered at my university because i would have taken it
3: yeah
2: uh touching on uh, what you just said in that opening scene again it's one of those iconic you're hearing the song which she's tone deaf and she's singing with it even though i think she yeah. has control over it because she starts the song over when she gets back in the car so it's not really the radio station it's a I cassette she that.
1: puts a cassette in okay good yeah she puts a cassette then,
4: tape
2: what's her face sasha or tara reads like oh my voice yep. is the last yep.
4: thing she is. yeah she put a cassette in yeah, Hearing. it's like shadow terror.
2: Also, the radio <laughs> station. I forgot about that. That's not how that works. That's not how radio works. You don't walk around with a headset all over a building on a college frequency. I'm sorry.
1: She wears a headset and into the mic at the same time. I'm like, and oh.
2: guess what? If it's playing in the studio, it's feedback. You can't do that. There's, <laughs> like I was like, OK, well, obviously she's not on the radio, but not, that's fine. That's fine. It worked when I was 12. I believed it. But now that I work in radio, I'm like, <sighs>
3: just sons of
4: bitches. Oh.
2: But the car scene, like you were saying, like, yeah. How do you decapitate someone, and the car just doesn't crash?
4: Thank you. Like, yeah, that
2: was my biggest thing. She's
4: driving and driving fast. How do you like? How did the car stop?
2: (laughs) I guess she just cut the head off, and so it slowly just cut the head off to a halt.
1: And then she takes the axe and uses it to push the brake.
2: I just was like, hold on first thing that would happen is like jerking motions, and I think
4: um. uh, from what I, I mean, I've never chopped off a head before, but I've heard <laughs> it's a lot of work, so I just don't know. Like, I can't imagine Rebecca K.R. in the back and trying to do anything in the back seat of a car <laughs> it's really hard. So, how like, if you're you the passenger
2: seat, <laughs> <laughs>
4: you're gonna hit the head, re- like the head, yes, re- I don't know how she cleanly got that around. To chop her head off, like it would have gotten stuck. Like I don't know how the car didn't swerve off the road, and it was raining. There were so many things about that, but really, I think that is the most remarkable thing about her kill is that she was able to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Um, like right there, she is like, I want to watch the like the 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 like documented her kills better, so we could see like the POV of like how it happened. I really don't know how you would. wrote in my notes. It was like how did the car not crash after she (laughs) chopped off somebody's head? So I'm right there with you. But the other part, (laughs) that, that is one sharp blade because really, I mean, even when you see people like chop wood or like a watermelon with an ax, if you've fallen down that like road of YouTube, like the ax, like still kind of gets stuck a little and like, fine so it's not gonna just cleanly go off especially with an armrest there you can't get the full range of motion like mm-hmm. have you swung an axe before it's a lot of work i have yeah. I chopped wood like i couldn't imagine in a back seat trying to get the right angle to chop a head off cleanly you right i feel angle. like it would get stuck and then out in like twisting her car i don't know but in theory it's really good i think it would be more effective if she like up and like slit the throat from behind her but like the axe that's just skill that's that's talent if she pulled it off mm-hmm. and she did according to the news report so good on her in this universe Got talent yeah
2: yeah she even if she was in the passenger seat she wouldn't have been able to pull it off to get that momentum because then you hit the windshield probably or the steering wheel or <laughs>
4: i don't know you would the, the, the headrest is really what yeah <laughs> yeah and
2: the
1: opening victim is you know a nice snowball uh, the, natasha gregson wagner who wasn't like a name herself but she's natalie wood and robert wagner's daughter so that's kind of and they were trying to make her a thing at the time putting her in um in stuff she was also in like lost highway and some other things around the time so that was a nice little touch there also you know with brad dourif in the beginning i mean the movie has its horror cred with brad dourif daniel harris and robert england all in the same uh film personally with me i i really like this movie a lot, and uh, I think I my esteem for it has grown in the years. I I liked it when it came. I was eating up all the slasher stuff when it came out, so I liked it a lot yeah. back then. I don't know if I liked it as much as I know what you did last summer or Scream at that time, but this one has. This is the one that actually. The others they just made slashers. This one, like. Uh, with uh, you know the scream knockoff ones this one was the one that actually knockoff scream in a way like okay they did scary movies we're doing urban legends and we're even going to have a phone call in it we're going to yeah. treat urban legends like they're hip things that kids just chat about all the time and they <laughs> don't they we well, they used to i don't know if kids do nowadays or they have different urban legends nowadays but they talk about them like the people talk in movies and stuff in scream which is kind of uh, nice and goofy and the characters here Unlike I know you did last summer aren't on edge constantly they're goofing off they're you know some don't take it seriously they've got a pulse and you know they're a bit more flimsy to to walk around while we have our sad sap you know final girl that goes around but the wonderful Alicia Witt I I gotta give her credit always a big fan of hers but her name doesn't roll off the yeah. Nat- Natalie Simon doesn't go with Sydney Prescott or Julie James too well but Natalie I think this one you remember Brenda more than that. Uh the yeah. movie, uh I really thought but watching it this time, the director perspective, um, he doesn't have like too huge a scale. I mean, he can, but like Jamie Blank's does a lot of like camera work from above in this movie. There's a lot of overhead shots and there's a lot of high angled shots looking down at people. I don't know if he's trying to tell us something with that, or it's just his stylistic choice. He's Australian, I believe. And you can definitely tell cause he's got a roaming camera and it's moving, but it honestly feels like a guy that's like, I might get to make one movie for a studio ever. I'm throwing it all in here. And his, his craft is very impressive for what he's got to work with. And it, more interesting film to look at than it could have been with what's on paper um i also like the all the hints to rebecca Gayhart being the killer that i think are quite funny they uh there's one that, that the latin motto of the university translates to the best friend did it it's on an emblem oh, in the background funny. of the press, and then so there's that pool scene which is stupid as hell oh um, my gosh where Don't
2: get me started you know how hot that area would be
1: but like so, the, the pool scene where Rebecca Gayhart's swimming, Alicia Witt comes to see her through the window, sees a yeah. person in the, the most popular parka on campus.
2: What comes we coat in. Count? Did you do a coat count? How There's a lot. Uh,
1: but here's the thing: Same the one. person in the coat takes off. Not only is it a female, but she's in a swim gear as well, so she's very parallel to Rebecca Gayhart right there, telling you that's who, that's who's under it, and then. When she's at the party and she comes up to her and she takes off a mask to reveal herself to Natalie at the party, like, hey, hey, look, it's me. I'm like, oh yeah, this bro, and and also her last name's Bates.
2: <laughs> so this is why I listen to your podcast, and yes, You bring it down like this. Oh. Uh,
1: okay. But like and Rebecca Gayhart is just loving this, all of it. She and especially when she's like, Oh, I can't wait till I become the killer at the end and and she is just delicious as this I yep. I yeah I she probably steals a lot of Alicia Witt's thunder because of it but you know you remember the killer uh the you know she bring they bring her back for the next one for a cameo yeah it's it's fun uh there's Jared Leto which is there to be a red herring
2: forgot about him i at that when my first he, song yeah. i didn't know who jared let it was even at during that time like when i was my uh, so-called life oh
4: so good oh that show it. is iconic uh, um ahead of its time yeah
1: and uh, yeah jared Leto, rosenbaum this is all like this is a launch pad this is tara reed before american pie who else is in here too oh well there's joshua jackson of course taking you know he takes breaks from Dawson's Creek to go film slashers so gotta give him credit yeah but how that.
2: funny how losing again girls my age were watching this at the damn slumber party mm-hmm. and when he turns that car on and you hear Paula called the oh,
4: yeah he's
1: yep. like
2: I hate that song it is so funny I love those little easter eggs and at the end they mention how uh,
1: the Noxzema girl
2: yeah the Noxzema yep. girl with Rebecca Gayhart which of course I'm like wait was she in an Noxzema commercial because I was she was
1: the Noxzema done. girl
4: she
1: was the Noxzema,
2: Noxzema, Noxzema girl.
1: girl, yeah, and, and I didn't even know it. so I'm like, "What the? This is yeah. fantastic." Yeah, if you watched MTV, and so, like she was like, there was a huge ad campaign for years, and she was, and you didn't know her name. It was just the Noxzema girl. That's oh what you called. Just like Alicia Silverstone was the Aerosmith girl for a while too, because she was in like three Aerosmith videos. Yeah. So, so that's before, yeah. So that's all you knew. You didn't get credits for those things. And then Rebecca Gayhart took off to an acting career kind of like uh the girl in uh what's the what's the cell phone commercials that um has that one girl that everybody likes oh can't remember what there was at&t or might be A&T, the one um she was gonna play squirrel girl and something for marvel at one point but i don't think that happened but she's in a she's been in cell phone commercials for years that uh people just know her huh Oh yeah! If I type in cell phone commercial girl, it's a Milana Vatchrab. But yeah, she's in those those commercials and uh, AT and T. Yeah, Lily from AT and T. That's what she plays.
2: Huh. Yeah,
1: this is a the big cast. Robert England here, Who's fun in to scream? watch. Mm-hmm. And his mm-hmm. own
2: things, yeah. but I like the little cameos. Like let's pull in
1: Robert England, Daniel Harris from Halloween four and five as the roommate. Your favorite. Yes.
2: Oh, Joshua Jackson and Rebecca Gayhart were in Scream Mm-hmm. Yep. Look at this. It's yep. Just the same. They're the same movies.
4: <laughs> but uh, the oh killer- yeah, they are. Oh. Um, those in this movie were surprisingly more brutal than I remembered. Actually, mm-hmm. I was really surprised about, it, especially when you find out who the killer is. You're like, she's just like not wasting time on this. Like uh, the Pop Rocks death. That mm. was just brutal. Like, forced me to the down, like, you can take it. Like, woof. After I microwave impressive. your dog.
2: No, that one hurts.
4: That one still made me uncomfortable. The fact mm. that, like, she actually went as far to microwave a dog. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this right now. Like, I don't know. That was hard. That was, I knew it was coming. And yet, still now, I kind of, I judge her harshly more for microwaving the dog than killing everybody else. Movie. <laughs> like i kind of was like i really wanted to root for her especially at the end because when she said like you can say i'm a little nutty and like yeah. i was like i love that about her like i love that like i was like you're so fun like i would be your friend even though you're a deranged killer like i mean if i didn't like kill the love of your life then i would be totally safe and we could probably get brunch but um <laughs> but, like you killed a dog and i don't know if i want to have brunch with a dog killer, like, right. I I have my, I have my boundaries and I think like everybody else's death, I could kind of look past, but the dog, like you, 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 I don't want you to get away with this Rebecca Gayhart. Like you're a little nutty, but that's, that's one step beyond nutty. Um, a dog in a microwave.
1: Yeah. There's the one thing I I teased up top, but like when she's like, what, I don't know, Natalie, what's your favorite UL? I'm like, no one says that. No one.
2: Never caught it before rewatching this. I was like, that's funny. I was like, no. I, love, it. I just... love that She just called it a UL because she's obsessed with it now.
1: You're not making that happen, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she could do no wrong at that point. Uh, Minus the dog.
4: <laughs> do- agreed, agreed. So we're just gonna forget about the dog moment yeah. um, because that care, like, yeah, the owner of the dog was a douche, but um, huh. so the dog deserved to live. Okay, first of all, another thing about this movie that confused me: Joshua Jackson. Why did he walk so far away from the car to pee? Like, can we, like, have, like, a moment today? He's like, he went on, like, a nature walk. <laughs> He's like, not <laughs> Like, I get that he was, like, bothered by the whole we're not going to, like, have sex in my car moment because he tried really hard to, like, hit on her and that wasn't working. Um, but we, he just wandered off so far away. She's in a car. You could literally pee behind the car and you're fine. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> know. Is that, like, is he that pee shy? Because he basically
2: just um, confirmed his death outside. right there that I've ever been around, like they had to go, they just turned to a corner that could have went to any tree. They don't go that far because they're like, I'm peeing. It's happening.
4: Yeah, he he went on a reflective nature walk and I'm just like, you're going to die. Right. Which I'm not mad about.
1: I feel like he's a guy who's shown his friends his wiener on more than one occasion. So I don't think he'd be shy to go pee somewhere
4: by the car.
1: Right,
2: he has no problem. Lying Actually, about- in this
4: movie, where oh, yeah. he is kind of that player douchebag mm-hmm. who really probably is that guy to walk into a party and be like, "Look at my dick, everybody!" because he essentially <laughs> did that in the car with her. So I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, that bothered after she me. Like there was him, this, he kept trying to hit
2: on her. <laughs> like she he was really persistent.
4: Yes, uh, she had one black eye or beecher witness. and so, that Um, she, yeah, she was, she was solid in it. But her character was written kind of, she what is What's the word I want to use for her character? Like she was very strong, but they made her too. And I, I mean, like the character was written kind of more like snappiness to her. Um, like the way it was written, they just kind of they. they her character was so because every well, anybody compared to Tara Reid in this movie would fall flat because Tara <laughs> Reid was just a mess, which she is in most movies, and that's why we watch her. But so uh, was absurd, and that absurdity of like climbing over the balcony of that thing—like, what are these people doing? I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. I I uh, did like in this Tara movie, did, like what?
1: I I miss when Terry didn't look like a skeleton. I was yeah, it was nice to see yeah. her. Uh, she I I did a convention with her years ago as a guest. She was there t- and like. Um, she was an issue because uh, she kept disappearing during the time she was supposed to be in places.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, I but she,
1: yeah, I, I feel bad. Like, I like, I want, like, she, like I feel like I don't know why with Terry, Reba. I'm like, I feel like she wants to do better and struggles or something like that. I don't know.
4: Hey, yeah, but she landed in the she landed in the Sharknado franchise. And for that, I am equal. So.
1: Yeah, she should have. That should have helped it out. That should have been the, you know, because those were fun. We all watched together as a community.
2: In Robert England's office or Wexler's office, yep. I know there's a bunch of, like, stuff. But were there any, like, giant Easter eggs that stood out that you noticed? Because um, I like to look for those things. It's fun. No. But I didn't see anything.
4: No, time. I didn't. I didn't. Just, no. Mm-mm. But what I was saying earlier where I said that this movie traumatized me as a child, and it actually genuinely did. And still to this day, I get a little on edge. Um, The car slicing the Achilles. Um, After I saw that movie, I, I could not get into a car without checking underneath it first for years. For years, I could not get into a car without looking underneath it first. And anytime I see a horror movie still to this day, when I get into my car, I kind of like run to it and open the door really quickly, just because of the scene. So <laughs> this did leave a lasting impression that has haunted me oh. still to this day. Yeah, like I really do hot because for some reason, even if the of that's all had nothing to do with like legs getting sliced in the Achilles, I still for some reason just feel like there could be somebody under my car after a horror movie. I don't know why, but I do. And it's because of this movie as a impressionable Mm -hmm. 12 year old um, that was soon like traumatized by the screen mask um, after watching it was traumatized by getting the Achilles cut because like, what do you do in that situation? I think it's it's a smart move to do. It it drops the person to the ground and then you basically can have your way with them to murder them and it's traumatizing, Mm -hmm. it's scary. So I thought she was very clever for that one and it is an urban legend and now I understand why because it haunts me to this day that I still think of people being under my car so um, I I will give this that is why this movie will always be in my list of like scary movies or impressionable movies because of that scene um, which she like doubled down and like ran him over on the car spikes mm-hmm. too which was great but um, the, the slow crawl that gets me every time
1: they should have had Brad Dourif come back and be like
4: there's someone under the car. Yep. Oh, that's the other thing. The, the opening scene, the man, okay. I'm sorry, but he's doing himself no favors. Like, I get that he had a stutter. I get that he was a little like, paper, there's someone in the backseat of your car. Like, he wasn't doing himself any favors to make it not creepy. Like, he was like, ha ha, I'm locking the door. Like, he was actively being creepy when he could have been like, follow me. And the girl could have been confused. She's like, what is it? And like, wrote on a piece of paper, there's someone in the backseat of your car. There was so much that could have been done. Mm -hmm. Instead, he just, like in the time, he casually, slowly locked the door and did all these other things. He could have just written it down. And not only that, time of him writing it down, did he think the person was going to come out of the car? Like that person in the back seat wasn't moving. So what was there to be scared of? Like get her out of the car, tell her to not do that or return to the car and open the back seat with a gun or something. Why lock her Uh in the gas station? (laughs) Yeah, we see you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very confused by all that. But that that confused me. And I get why they did it. And I feel sorry for that man who was was um, accused of the murder because he was really an innocent, nice guy who was just trying to do somebody a favor. And maybe he lacked social skills. We don't know if he was on the spectrum. Like I just like this man really got a bad rap. Redemption for the gas station attendant. Like I want to see what happened to his life after urban legend. Wait, didn't he get killed or no? I feel like Uh, didn't they say they they
2: they they arrested him?
1: They arrested him. Yeah, or murders. Yeah, they arrested
4: him. Yeah, but like see i want redemption i need i need the movie of the gas station attendant and what happened after urban legends you got it and like did he ever like get over his stutter in prison or something and then or did like serial do a podcast on him in this universe and like finally (laughs) get him a retrial like i I want i want justice for this poor man with a stutter who was just trying to help out a pretty college co-ed i I mean that's just (laughs) a sad life for him
2: I mean, hopefully uh, he was released from prison or jail because they had the um, PowerPoint presentation of Becky mm-hmm. Gayhart admitting to everything. Um, they could make, like, I guess yeah, they not really like, do it.
4: <laughs> but she got out. Like she, but like, I'm still confused on that because she would have to call it a real story more wild or whatever she says to that group of teens like um, telling a story at the end. Um, but then don't we see her? Wait, no, that's in the second movie. I, now I'm getting a mixed up wait in the first one she's in the no the second movie okay and now i'm getting ahead of myself sorry i'm just thinking of Rebecca back at and how she played into it okay a yeah. <laughs> Co-
1: couple of things before we move on there's one character we should probably discuss for a sec uh, reese the campus security person
4: oh i love up. her love it's just like and- coffee and 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 she's the voice of reason when uh, Alicia Witt gets into her car. She's like, what are you doing walking on this campus getting to a stranger's car? It's like, you're a security woman. But still, it's just funny that she was like testing her on all that. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that she came back in the second movie. I love that for her. But no, she was really funny. And I think she's better. I think her role is stronger in the second movie, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, I love her. Yeah, her role is stronger in the second movie. But I think she's she's kind of the voice of reason where I love a movie with self-awareness, and I feel like she's the character to bring that certain level of self-awareness to the movie that mm-hmm. all the other characters don't have, So, um, which makes the movie campier, which yeah. I appreciate. Because a concept like this, I like a movie with a little bit of camp in it, yep. and this movie has that, and she she kind of, without her, the movie would have probably fallen flat.
1: Right. And I, I like camp and earnestness more than I do like snark. There's a difference. And mm-hmm. um, like a lot of movies today get caught up in mm-hmm. snark, which is kind of getting, you know, to try to make it like hey, we really it's stupid, right, everybody. So those of you embarrassed to be here feel OK, you know, like now nah, just be earnest, have some camp, enjoy yourself. agree. So, um, was and,
2: and- except that's where I'm starting to wonder now, because this university sucks, like, <laughs> like no. to cover up all these murders. And yeah. As you connect to the second one, apparently maybe maybe that gas station attendant is in jail. You're <clears throat> excuse me. Maybe he is in jail because they wanted to cover up all the urban legend murders. So maybe mm-hmm. they just acted like none of that happened. I don't know how they all died. They just disappeared.
4: Mm
3: hmm.
2: And a dog is in a microwave. That's just um, how it came. Which
4: is funny, too. Yeah. Came with Every microwave comes with a. That's sad. Oh, I, I want justice for the dead dog. hmm. <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, because the thing is Jared Leto's character is writing an article about like the death of it and the university like, we can't do that. We're the safest campus in the, right. in the nation. <laughs> and they make an active point. I'm saying, like, we're so safe. Number one. And then like, God forbid one person dies, like a whole stream of murders happen. I appreciate the ending with slight fake out that they gave us when Paul showed up and playing her a little bit, like, where he tried mm, to, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rebecca. I kind of almost, I almost for a second believed. I was like, wait, did they team up? I, I thought it was I know. just her. Like, re-watching it, I actually thought for a second, oh, that is smart if, they. He was so obviously potentially the killer, the movie's making it out that way. And then it ended up being her. But then it actually was like a duo thing, kind of like with the original Scream, where it was Stu and Billy. Yeah. Um, where you think, like, oh, it's too obvious to be th- anyway. So I thought, like, Paul in this actually was. And when he was saying that, like, Alicia, it's face was like, wait a second, are you actually teamed up with her? And that scene was well played out. But really, the credit goes to Rebecca Gayhart for acting skills. To play Paul as he was playing her because she was like glowing like mm-hmm. oh you're right and I was like I'm believing her until she was like
2: who do you think I am and it's like oh you're cute sorry. not that freaking you're the bitch
4: that <laughs> yeah it was it was clever like I I appreciated that the movie really just kind of that like trope upside down where took the twist that you would have expected but you wouldn't like I'm not that stupid so there were stupid choices being made and it really fit the era that it was filmed in with that dumb teen slasher vibe but it was a really clever concept and it was interesting so assuming that they were about it as much as I am right now uh,
1: Before we head on out to Urban Legend I was trying to note some of the songs featured in the movie it didn't really have like a soundtrack but uh, there's, of course, Total Eclipse of the Heart. There is Rob Zombie Spook Show, Baby, a song I loved back then called Save Yourself by Stabbing Westwards in there. And then, so there's Love Roller Coaster, uh, but there is a serious conversation in this movie happening as Zoot Suit Riot by <laughs> Cherry Pop and Daddy's played in the background. I'm like, is that... It's fucking like Zoot Suit Riot, and it's like this dramatic... I think it's Jared Leto and Alicia Witt are talking about some serious shit, and in the background, like, Zoot Suit Riot! Throw back a bottle of beer! Zoot Suit Riot! And I was like, wow, okay. That was during the, uh, the swing... swing uh, revival there. But, uh, yeah. Um, Jamie Blank's notable doesn't do any more urban legend, but he does go on to make Valentine, which we will talk about sometime down ah. the road here. But yeah, so uh, that's urban. That's the first urban legend, which I believe we all quite enjoy. Uh, but now we'll move to urban legends final cut.
3: You ever hear the urban legend about the dead hitchhiker, a serial
0: killer who murders eight students? Hello? What's going on? I hear that. You don't think it was real?
1: Whoever's doing this is going to come after you again.
3: She's
1: an urban legend. Urban legends, final cut.
3: Urban
1: legend, my. Rated R. Opens everywhere September 20th. Uh, directed by John Ottman. Uh, he was the editor and composer for like Brian Singer's movies. That's where he comes from. Uh, oh. written, written by Paul Harris Boardman and Scott Derrickson. That Scott Derrickson, who did Doctor Strange, The Black Phone, Sinister, all that stuff. And Paul Harris Boardman, he wrote Hellraiser, Inferno, Exorcism, Emily Rose, and Deliver Us from Evil with Scott Derrickson. So they're a bit of a writing partner. And he recently had written an episode of Archive 81, which was a lovely little show on Netflix that they shit canned after one season. Though if that season is self-contained enough, I think it'd still be enjoyable, even though there's a slight cliffhanger. It stars Jennifer Morrison, Matthew Davis, Hart Bachner, Loretta Devine, Anson Mount, whoa, Joey Lawrence, I Ava Mendez, yes, Ava right. Mendez, Jessica Caulfield, Anthony Anderson, and Jacinda Barrett. A film school is the center of a fresh spate of killings based on urban legends. Uh, so greg we'll start with you here on this one
4: okay so i actually enjoy, i really enjoyed the second one but it had one element many in it um the urban legend are cool i think the concept worked well enough for doing her film project but i just think once you start really diving into the motives and all that it just became so convoluted that by the end I was like, what is happening again? Like, in what world is this like a film school that they're actually doing it? But I appreciated, um appreciated how I'm trying to remember when I saw it in theaters. I know I saw it in theaters, but it didn't stand out to me as something as scary. I thought this movie was oddly enough funnier than the first one. If it was for the right reasons I found it funnier. Um and I loved I loved the Sequence of this movie, and I love the blonde girl who couldn't act. I love that girl; she's my favorite. Um, she'll,
1: she'll link up with the director of the first one in Valentine. Jamie uh, Blake in yep. Valentine.
2: Blonde, isn't she? Huh? Isn't she in *Legally Blonde*? Yes, yeah.
4: Uh, she is uh, in *Legally uh, she's Blonde*. One she's one of the two friends who's in the co- with
2: War- Warner room, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah." Yeah, yeah. which Warner's yeah. in
4: this movie? Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, this was like, all these movies are so incestuous, but I love her. I think she's so funny. And impressive. this film school has a budget for this status, um, opening sequence that they can do in a film school. So this just it's like, um, movies that have like high school plays in it. And you're like, where are you getting the budget for these sets? <laughs> <laughs> just like this college where I'm like, where are you getting the budget for a whole sound studio with an airplane in it that you can do a fake storm? <laughs> um, I, I appreciate that, that girl's death. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, overall, I don't know why I find the ending convoluted. but um, And then for some reason, I never remember. When I look at her, I don't Jennifer Morrison. Like, I know it's Jennifer Morrison, but for some reason, she looks so different to me than she is in Once Upon a Time, that TV show, that, like, for some reason, she I keep thinking of her as that other actress. Um, I keep thinking that Urban Final Cut is... Um, uh, the girl who played uh, Mac on that, like, um, The Secret World, the, the Nickelodeon show. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, who I you're know
2: talking that. about. Yeah, 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 Olenka? Larissa o- Olenka? I yeah. Something like that. Something well, like that. But I just,
4: for some reason, I was like, oh, it's that girl. And I was like, oh, this is Jennifer Morrison. Mm-hmm. For some
2: reason, she doesn't look
4: like Jennifer Morrison in this movie to me.
1: Yeah, she was the ghost girl in Stir of Echoes. That's really what she was before this. This um, is from still carbs
2: though. Like, you know how everyone's still like a fuller face. And not yeah. like in a bad way, like Terry. Like everyone mm-hmm. just didn't look like not that's a bad thing. I wish I did, but I kind yep. of felt better. I'm like, look at everyone looking like semi normal before they realize they have a gluten allergy and everything <laughs> else.
4: And yeah, Loretta is much stronger and more fun in this movie. Mm-hmm. um Than the first one, so I'm glad that her part got expanded on and extended. Because is she the only one returning,
1: except for the cameo at the this end? Yeah.
4: Well, yeah, but yeah, but like as an actual reoccurring, she's like the Jennifer Coolidge of Urban Legends, where like of <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge of White Lotus is like before before Jennifer Coolidge of White Lotus, there was Loretta <laughs> of Urban Legends.
1: <laughs> Very true. Jessica, you, this is your first time seeing this, right? So, first time. yeah, as yeah. an
2: adult, okay, I liked the movie. I kind of was coming in um, expecting not to like it, and I didn't recognize a lot of people until I'm like, oh my gosh, that's uh, Anthony Anderson. This is young. This is, oh my God, Jennifer Morrison. I didn't even realize it was Joey Lawrence or Joseph Lawrence, as the credit yeah. says, until I was checking IMDb and I'm like, that's freaking Joey Lawrence. Holy crap. I don't even know how I missed it. His, his BOP poster was on my wall as a kid. I should have <laughs> known. Anson Mount did yep. not recognize him at all. <laughs> and then even when I saw his name, I'm like, nuh-uh. And then I was like, what the heck? These, these adults are babies. So I was like more focused on that than the story for a while. But I love any movie that talks about people making movies, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So anytime you're seeing this yep. behind-the-scenes stuff and they're talking it, There's like this like fire passion inside me. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I grew up on. And I love it. And then I start to be like, why didn't I go that route? And then I get into a deep depression, but that's fine uh, because I enjoyed the movie. And uh, I agree with Greg. I got really confused with what was going on, on who's doing what. So I'm thankful that the killers explain it and then kind of keep explaining it because even they know, they're like, we know, we know, we know, we're just going to. Say it and if you could repeat it back to the audience to make sure they're on the same page, that'd be great. So that worked. I was confused with the twin brothers. I was waiting for some type of a um like it's yep. really him. And so the guy's like, I put a gun in your mouth. And I'm like, Okay, I guess that's really a twin brother that's randomly here and knows everything about everybody. Like, what yeah. the heck? I will say this murder.
1: I noticed this time he never said twin. He only said brother.
2: <laughs> I don't even know if they're twins. His hair is she's... shorter, so it makes him uh, a little less identical. But I yeah. was like, okay, it's a, it's a twin brother. Why did they not say twin? <laughs> I, t- I was I I Well, this time to... I watched it. I was like, wait, he just said brother. Oh,
1: it's another scene. No, only well, said it was brother. She said oh. brother. Like
2: I've, they must have like done an edit somewhere. They're like, crap. We took out the word. We took out twin they'll figure it out they know we don't have to tell them it's a twin clearly it's the same actor even though I'm checking IMDB <laughs> and I'm like it doesn't say Travis slash Trevor that's cool and then I didn't realize who it was that actually died and made the movie that's where I kind of got confused and I'm like well let them tell me
4: again um, Yep, it uh, got too complicated but <laughs>
2: even Men- even Mendez what mm-hmm. the heck all these people I had no idea they were in it she,
1: she was hot off children of the corn five
2: did not catch that one <laughs> Uh, what was it oh the whole beginning yeah you're right the whole plane thing and they're kind of talking starting with a little bit of an urban legend with the there's something on the wing the twilight zone nod
3: yep Uh, but Mm
2: -hmm. oh my gosh again nothing made me happier than rebecca gay appearance at the end there you go at the whatever it is psych ward i was like yes yeah she is thriving and even just her little moment i was like Mm-hmm. You bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Love yeah. her. I was like, definitely love this movie. But again, I still just, I got really confused. I don't understand where that roller coaster or the mining track came from, if that was an actual ride at an amusement park or if that's a part of the university. Kind of, I missed that. You know they I mean?
4: did reference it, they, they had to say, rent it out. Yeah, they okay. rented it. It was like a local thing like the not like county fair because that wouldn't have been permanent but like it was some form of Mm -hmm. they tried to slip one line to justify it in the movie so i was less bothered what i was confused on is where did they get the budget for this and how were they allowed to transform it like i just there are certain things that i'm like i know how these things actually work as somebody who does like set dressing and other things in my life i'm like there's no way that would ever happen that you could just (laughs) kind of roll up to an abandoned like ride and just get a slap paint and bloody body parts all over it. But I mean, respect I, for their, um,
1: I, I did like the, 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 the check out these babies. And it was like <laughs> him chopping a baby. It was like <laughs> clever pivot there. Um, cause like, yeah, they would have to ride that like six times to get like ideas. Right. And that seemed like a yes. long ride for having like an hour to prepare Yeah, this movie, I'm I'm glad you both like it, because I've been a fan of it, um, oddly, in different ways throughout my life. Um, When I first saw it, I was 18, and I was drawn to it because, film school, I want (laughs) to go to film school, this is what the life is like at film school, oh, they're talking about Truffaut at film school, this is what people talk, this is how they talk, oh, this is great, Oh man, Hitchcock award. Wow. This (laughs) this movie's like speaking to me. I'm like, this is not the best slash in the world, but it takes place at film school. And that's more, that's interesting because they're making movies. They're doing all this stuff. So I was like, I was suckered into this because I was a Midwestern 18 year old guy with my dreams of going to Los Angeles. I would do that. And I'd never go to film school. I would take telecommunications at a school, but just these these conversations I was I geeked out on that when I was 18. Growing up, growing older, I still like it because of all the these 90s, the Scream era slasher movies and horror movies. I don't think any of them got the 80s junkie slasher thing down better than this one. Like if you know, Scream's the prestigious one. Urban Legends is the one that really nicely knocks off Scream, but this feels like something made then made in two thousand. Something made from like eighty three into two thousand. Right down to the convoluted fucking. Uh, this is why yep. the killer did it. Plot. The, this is yep. right out of Happy Birthday to Me. Um, uh-huh. Like, and the, the killer it, it's Hart Bachner. You know, everybody knows Ellis boobie Booby from Die Hard, but he was in Terror Train. That should have been our fucking thing like the Jamie Lee Curtis slasher that was on the um train of
2: course and mention and scream mm-hmm.
1: and mention yep. and scream and so that should have been obvious but you know i don't know it's it's interesting it's funny too like this movie's like yeah we're not the greatest fucking thing so let's have jokes and stuff joy lawrence yep really good in this movie like he's got some good shit uh here i like the nepotism brat's thing that goes on here yep. that this time around i was like oh they've got some like Deeper thematics that I don't know if they realize they're they're doing here. The twin thing is dumb as shit. Like it always. Every time, like I revisit, I'm like, the fuck. Like, what? Who's tr- like? What was this? I get this is like, oh, I got a red herring idea, guys. But this is uh next. This is like Paul Dano in There Will Be Blood. Levels of like, this is weird.
4: Like, is this? Yeah. Thing?
1: Is there a trick to this? No. No, there's there's. It it literally is what you're telling me. And did it, it even have
2: to happen? Like no. he never showed it, back up. Could she not have like just found that real?
1: Yeah. And yeah.
2: been like, well, wow, it's been sliced.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but she needed she needed a love interest or she needed to have that weird dream sequence um sex scene where she gets uh, almost killed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Don't like trust that him. was the whole purpose of him. But I almost would have preferred not, like, really being killed and then him coming back being like, oh, no, I'm the twin. But it really was
2: him the whole time. Yeah. And then he like, gets revenge because he actually killed his brother because he was visiting. But you wouldn't
4: know. That would have been interesting to me. If he, like, lied about it. whatever it could have been, that could have been funny to me if it was revealed that he – because I actually re-watching it, I thought, like, or is he just like bullshitting and it's like wait did he actually die in the first death because didn't they make it a clear point to say that his death he was so brutally mangled only like teeth or something yep. like, mm-hmm. um, proved, like point that you didn't know who that body was so he could have yeah. just used anybody maybe pulled out one of his own teeth or something and like put it on that body and they're like yep. oh he faked his death and then came back No, but no they just said I'm a twin and then made them wear the exact same wardrobe and there you go. And this guy doesn't go
1: around campus wearing hats and sunglasses or hoods, or anything. He's.
2: Wouldn't everyone be like, Travis? Whoa,
1: didn't that, didn't that <laughs> dude that. Yeah. I see your
2: memorial, man. I donated.
4: <laughs> I know.
1: And how fucking amazing is this student film that a fucking 50, adult, probably in his 50s, <laughs> thinks it's going to be his ticket to Hollywood? Because there's a difference between a 50 year old man turning that yeah. in and getting a deal and a guy who's like 23, 24 turning in something and being like, no, oh, that's potential. You know, <laughs> like there's there's a clear like it's like you know, if he's like 60 and turning in brick, there's a difference between that and the guy who's like 27 turning in
2: brick, you know, like that's a big difference. Oh, there's a yeah. mention of my favorite movie in here. I just forgot about that. Was it um, the sound engineer? Sound engineer Anson Mount mm-hmm. is singing the "Gone with the Wind" theme. I'm sorry, Terrace theme. Oh singing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone with the wind, gone with the. I was like, yes, thank you. If you can't, I mean, that's a great, great film. It won a lot of uh, awards.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I forgot. About about,
2: yeah, stuff. so I was like, all right, "Gone with the Wind" mention. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was singing it, and yeah, Anson Mount. He's Yeah, he's there all the time, but I'm like, is he the killer? Like, that's... That's not... Not really. Um, I will say, like, Ava Mendez, who's there to be like, okay, this time it's... I will say my son, when he watched these two, in the first one, he thought it was going to be Robert Englund, the professor. So the second one, he's watching it. It's going to be her. He picked her, the girlfriend. I'm like, well, you fucking crisscrossed him because it is the professor this time. That's
2: so impressive.
1: But Ava Mendez, I saw... First saw her in Children of the Corn Five, but when I saw that movie, I'm like, that girl is gonna be a bigger star than these little straight to video things. And she did rise for a bit; she did ascend. Forbidden. This was like a second time I saw her, and something I'm like, all right, she she went from straight to video horror to theatrical horror, and then she had like Training Day, like the next year or something like that. But yeah, she's here, and Anthony Anderson. What, like I, I would say, like the one of the bigger names at this time was what, Jacinda Barrett who people probably don't even know who is now.
2: <laughs> Wait, who's Jacinda?
1: She was the uh, girl that got drugged yeah. and put in the tub.
2: Oh, what what's she in?
1: She was in stuff at the time. She was a, not like a huge name, but in stuff. But yeah, I, I did like, I mean, when they were, you know, Greg, you're talking about the, uh, where they get the budget for all these sets. The only, yeah. The only one that like feels genuine is the dog in the closet. Agreed. That feels like an actual genuine film. Like, like you know, they're in a studio. Like, great. I, I've been to like UCLA and stuff and they have big studio, you know, places to shoot like warehouse, you know, stuff like that. And so that's not far off. But yeah, the plane thing is like,
2: ah, they, they have that. Were there other things they just kind of pushed in there? That's like film 101. I know like the Chekhov's gun was literally check. Well, it's Loretta's gun.
3: Yeah, uh, they yeah. make a point go, to bring mm-hmm. that
2: up, but I didn't know if there's anything else that's because uh, some things they mention, like I don't know what that is. I should look it up because yeah, I didn't do film studies.
1: Well, there's the the one at the beginning when they, they have the the little red herring, just the the guy that hangs around the sets. But uh, when he mentions the chip, whatever, and there's supposed to be some ring, oh, with... Yeah. like because they name uh, famous people that went there, and they're like Chip something, and that's the guy that you know her dad. Her dad, like, oh god, her dad voted was like a deciding vote on the the Hitchcock Award when that guy was in college, and all that. Like, cause it is like this is okay. Rebecca Gayhart attending university with Natalie, that could have been a coincidence. And she's like, you know what? Let's get revenge. You know, let's do this. We, she's at my school. I, you know, I could buy yep. that. Had they gone to different universities? different lives would have been had. This isn't... That wasn't... I I still know what you did last summer, levels of lunacy. This is... Well, I'm going to accept the daughter of a guy who's dead long ago died. Long ago. And uh I'm going to bring her in. And at the same time, this student made this fucking masterpiece that's going to... So I'm going to create a series of murders based on urban legends because she's going to bring that idea to me <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to get away and she's going to murder everybody, be the one who murdered everybody. And it, it is chef's kiss. Like,
4: <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how they came up with it, but by the end, as you were saying, Jessica, like, I'm glad everybody just explained it to us because they really took a journey to get there. I was just happy with the death scenes and yet mm-hmm. somehow I also feel like the, the kidney scene was irrelevant to this movie. Mm-hmm. No, no. It feels feel like, like it, that one. It feels like it was shot
1: and they had to fit it in the film somehow.
4: That one just didn't seem really relevant to the the journey of like, I think he just realized after he started killing people, he just was like, I really enjoy this right now. So I'm just going to like, keep it going. Like, I just just think, like, he got his, like, bloodless, and he's like, now what else can I do?
1: The kidney was supposed to be the dude, because they drugged both drinks, and he didn't drink his, and he left. So he's like, well, I better make do on something here.
4: But that's my point, is just like, why? Right. And I I just, there wasn't, I mean, I appreciate that. But then I'm just like, you're going to give me this convoluted, (laughs) very diabolical plan at the end, when your killing was so arbitrary after all that, like, at least you could have just been a madman who was just like, I like killing people, and this worked. Like, when you said Urban Legends, I said, this is a fun way to kill people, so I just did it. (laughs) (laughs) But but no, (laughs) he he wanted to Yeah, uh, which, I mean, and that was, I do really like how the the blonde girl, um, and I don't remember her name, who is the bad actress, she killed and they're watching her actual death going, This is the best acting we've seen. That was clever. Like that
2: scene. Well, was and, really and
1: they funny. didn't they're buy the effects. They thought the effects could have been better.
2: More blood, more blood, yeah. right? I do like in the no, screams.
1: The, the scream death when everybody's really
3: clever. Um,
1: everybody's recording the the ambiance, the scream and stuff, and the guy's getting killed outside. I like that. That's cool.
4: Is that like the real coaster? Yeah, very clever, well timed.
1: No, that's the that's the cameraman when he gets killed outside and they're recording they have the boom, they're Norman, recording. Is that
2: like the urban legend of the um when they're doing the roller coaster of love? Well it's the, again kind of where it's like the recording, they didn't realize someone else was getting killed.
1: No, that's the um or... that's this is the uh, everybody screams at midnight on campus at the same time oh. and someone gets murdered during it, but everybody's oh. screaming so no one can hear.
4: Take a moment to sit there. Why did they actually have to film that at midnight? Like they didn't. <laughs> this wasn't a documentary, so right. why? Like, if you, and
1: they if were you inside. It was she,
4: on a set. <laughs> I know. So I'm very confused. I was just like, wait a second. So you're telling me that she gathered the whole crew to film this scene at midnight for like what posterity? Like, what was the actual? Re- like, you could have filmed that at any point during the day because you were indoors on a set and just had people screaming. Like, mm. who cares? She so didn't convenient want to reset and. The <laughs> guess not but then but then also the pivotal shot at midnight the camera guy conveniently gets angry and annoyed and decides to storm out of the room right at the exact (laughs) moment that they're filming it at midnight like right i mean of all moments to choose if you're gonna like film at midnight i mean that's worse than choosing like um golden hour to shoot a movie you have such a small window that we're like no we're gonna shoot this midnight scene at midnight because these (laughs) clocks can't change on their own like what are they thinking so so, it was yeah it was a clever idea that they did like again the urban legend is very cool but it was contrived to get to that death in the movie but just the killingly walk out and they would conveniently still shoot without him because they're like, we can't waste time. Or would it have been whoever walked out of that room he would have killed? Like, was it just like luck of the draw that it was a cameraman? Right. Or somebody else conveniently took a break at the time of screaming? Was he waiting? Like, okay, they're going to die. Like, did he have a plan on who he was killing? Or is it just, he just yeah. wanted to kill people at convenient times? Better, hope it's not, better not hope it's not Amy Mayfield because then
1: <laughs> game over, right? Yeah. The- <laughs>
4: Right. Like, that's the thing is that there was too many, at least in the first one, again, I really enjoyed this movie and I thought it yes. was fun. I thought the deaths were cool. But when you really look at it, you're just wondering, how did these deaths even happen and why? There was no real rhyme or reason. It just mm-hmm. was, oh, she took the drink. I got to kill her, I guess. Oh, this guy walked outside when they were screaming, got to kill him. <laughs> um, but it could have been anybody. There was, It could have been anybody. So- Actually, now I'm more scared of this movie because, like, what if I were taking a break when somebody was just on a murder streak and and right. was like hoping for somebody else, but I walked into the path of somebody screaming? I could have died in this movie for no reason other than just wrong place, wrong time. That's scary. Okay, this movie just became really scary.
2: But wasn't he killing <laughs> anyone that worked on the movie?
1: That worked on the Travis's movie.
2: Yes. Yeah. 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 Did that girl work on it? That got her. Because she maybe she was just a college student that also worked on it by chance, or maybe she was in the movie. So Uh, he's like, uh, whatever, I'll work on it.
1: Well, she was his that one guy's girlfriend. So she was Travis's girlfriend. So I imagine she would have been in the movie. So everybody but so Amy hired every single person that worked on that (laughs)
4: movie for her movie.
2: That was a good one. I'm gonna do the same thing.
4: If I, Which if I, also I, would never happen in film scare.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to delete her name.
2: Oh, crap, look! Or he just wanted to break in that new coat and the uh, fencing <laughs> mask. Because it's a little bit, it's a new style of coat.
1: Did you like the insulated. fencing fencing mask or the or the coat?
2: The fencing mask, couldn't you see face through the holes a little bit? Mm. But then everyone dies at Psalms so never yeah. mind. I guess you couldn't.
1: I uh, I thought when, okay, so... The fencing mask with the, the hood over it and stuff, I'm like, that's a bit much. But when he was in the mine and he had the little like vest and stuff on with the fencing mask, I'm like, that kind of looks cool. There's your outfit. <laughs> yeah. There's your outfit.
2: He's but, testing you know. it still. He's trying to find his vibe, He's yeah. find his vibe. Yeah. I'm so impressed how um Rebecca Gayhart kept her hood up the entire time she was murdering people in the mm-hmm. first one. Sure. Yeah. Like, did she have a mask on too, like a ski mask? With like she had to over something because I was like, it's not that shadowy <laughs> just because you have a hood up. Like, It doesn't just like...
1: Right. Oh, where'd you go, Jessica? Who now is you, that? Is that a killer? Where'd you, you go, killer? <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's a killer. I know. Well, no, you know what, no. helps? No
2: way. If you get the furry... No, you need,
1: no, if you have the furry lining, it hides the, the face. Fur.
4: Yeah, the faux fur. Apparently, it gives you that perfect shadow to kill. So um,
1: Urban Legends have- Final Cup, is it a... Uh, 90 minute build up to the line those who can't do teach <laughs> oh, yeah which is awesome Love it. i was like
4: i was like say it say it that is good but he was trying to kill everybody who was involved in Travis's film somebody like as a professor who makes films and judges Films are made with large crews. Like this would have been a mass murder beyond any comparison. There's yeah. at least 50 plus people you would have to have killed who worked on this movie to claim it as my own if I kill all crew members <laughs> and everybody involved. <laughs> so he's like going through like a list and being like, okay. And you know, these deaths were really elaborate. You could have just had like a party and like drugged the punch for something and called it a cult. And it's wiped them out in one go. But instead, you do these very elaborate deaths, and you would have to do it for like fifty to sixty people. There's no way his film had less than that. Also, I mean,
1: he probably uh, he probably screened it for people that weren't in the, involved in the movie
4: to see it. We was just thinking that too. I was like, and what about any early advanced screeners who saw it? So this professor should know that.
1: <laughs>
4: he, yeah, his plan just really failed.
1: Did you see that new Stark film? Yes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, that's true. He could maybe have like a like, yeah, that, you know, eat everybody to some form a big a function film a function. You may get a few strays in the mix. Whatever. At this point, you're killing sixty people. What's a few strays? Hunter set fire to the room and burned them all in <laughs> one go, and then called it a tragic accident. Like, that would have been smart because we're talking high numbers here, not like a Mm. group of five friends who conveniently all worked on one film together. Like, that's just not how it works. So this professor really was a terrible professor, and that's the moral of the story. He wasn't even, like, those who teach, well, this man couldn't even teach. He didn't even know how films work to know, like, the production and, and screenings and all the above. So this man, yeah. Oh, and that's the other thing, too. The whole gun thing, Clever, but I'm sorry, I'm into films and whatnot. Guns are not stories like faux guns like that that look realistic enough to be confused with a real one. Yeah. They would not have a box of like 30 of them just chilling there. Right. I could be casually knocked over. I thought it was cool and visually was interesting in the scene, but you don't go into a prop house, nor on any film or with a bunch of guns just be sitting there like that. Like fifty of them. Like, no, there is so much care and caution, and each one is individually packed that you wouldn't just have a box being like, "We got the big shootout scene coming." Here's the box.
2: went for everybody,
4: and then like they scripted, like testified it. But like anybody who was like any professor should have gotten like fired for <laughs> allowing their students to have left a gun box and stored like that on right. on on the studio. So so yeah, but again, still enjoyed the movie, but you just. Dumb choices were made, and that is why people die. But I guess that should—that's just a fact for life. Dumb choices, mm-hmm. people die.
1: Yep. John, uh, you know Hart Bachner's character should have known better, and John Ottman, the director, should have known better. So, yeah, uh, before we move on to this one, um, notable songs in the soundtrack: just "Dolphins Cry" by Live. That was the only. That was the only real one <laughs> there that I uh, think memorable. So now. Um, Jessica will be entertained as Greg and I discuss Urban Legends Bloody Mary from 2005. The Bloody Mary.
3: Some drinks always satisfy. Bloody Mary. Some legends never die.
0: Well, supposedly if you go into the bathroom and turn off the lights and chant Bloody Mary three times, she appears. Bloody Mary.
2: Bloody Mary.
3: haunted this town for years professor alpine university kills his own students using urban legends as his mo
0: there's something connecting this to what happened to those girls in 69
3: has come back to
4: life
0: it's mary you're saying
4: a ghost is killing these kids mary wants revenge on the people who took her youth come on, you're not buying this are you
3: spreading
0: oh that's smart walk straight into
4: the jaws of death
3: terror is growing there's something wrong
4: don't you think that he would wake up before he cooked his ass
3: fear is taking a whole new shape
1: urban legends bloody mary on dvd directed by mary lambert the director of Pet Cemetery One and Two. And she did some Tales from the Crypt, the In Crowd. Uh, people like these movies. Uh Halloween Town. She did the second one. Yep. Um, uh, written by Michael Doherty. You know who he is? He did Trick or Treat, Krampus, Godzilla, King of Monsters, and he'd written at this time uh X2 and Superman Returns with Dan Harris, who also writes this with him. Uh, this stars Kate Mara uh, Rooney. Her sister has a cameo in the background of a scene. Uh, Robert Vito, Lil- Lilith Fields, Tina Lilford, Ed Marinaro, uh, Michael Coe, Nancy Everhard and Donald Shanks. So we have some crossover from I'll always know what you did last summer. He played the fisherman in that one. Uh, and he was also Michael Myers in Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. So there's a cross there. Uh, on a prom night dare, a trio of high school friends chant an incantation, unleashing an evil spirit from the past with deadly consequences. So at some point during this, unlike I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer, this was intended for theatrical release. Mary Lambert believed she was making a theatrical release considering the considering the directors, the screenwriter and launching Kate Mara. I know she's not like, woo, but her parents would have made her like, she's got filthy rich parents that wouldn't let her debut be like a straight to video movie. I kind of buy into that, but this fell into the straight to video sequel thing, uh, straight to DVD at the time. Uh, Greg, Jessica's never seen this. Let her know what it's about a bit, in your own words.
4: Oh dear. Where do we begin? Okay. So we have um we open up with um the comparison to I always know what you did last summer is in the third one, we go into supernatural territory now. Mm-hmm. So we we get we begin the movie with our nineteen is it nineteen sixties or yep. 50s 1960s and there is like a dance and a prom and a girl named mary and she's with a group of guys and they're all dressed up and they're all cute and they're all having fun and then one man gets a little handsy and takes them up to the school attic or wherever it is what schools had attics by the way i don't know what that room was and that just confused me so much in this movie I don't know, Brandon. If you knew what it was like, what was like the the storage room of uh, yeah. the or the high school or whatever that room yeah. was. Either way, some random abandoned like room in the high school that really nobody ever goes to for years and years and years, which you'll find out later on. It's like Crystal um, Lake where people where disappear. disappearing. get a little handy because it. Like they she so basically like they're all like there and the guy wants to be like it's a dance like we're supposed to have like naughty name and he like hits on this girl and they're up in the room and she like away and then he like knocks her out and then thinks that she's dead and locks her into a trunk in a school and she's never to be seen again. Yeah, and that's how we start a movie. It's interesting. I like it. It's got promise, it's got hope. We got backstory, got history, we got rapey man, we got woman defending herself (laughs) and getting locked in a trunk. And you like see her eyes open when like she's in the trunk and you realize like she's still alive. And the dude didn't like he panicked and like threw in her trunk that nobody would end up discovering for many, many, many years.
1: Of note, aside, forward, aside from Mary, these high school boys were not given any names. We don't have any names of these guys. No names. <laughs> That's important. It, it's
4: just okay. Oh, and and one of the women is black in this nineteen sixties group. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were inclusive back then um and she's the best character as an adult in this movie which we'll get to so now we like flash forward to i can't believe a woman directed this um because it's got every girl cliche in a movie that you can do from the sorry it's not even done ironically it is in earnest when these girls have a pillow fight straight up have a pillow fight at the beginning of the movie and it's choppy and very bizarre but they they having they're having a conversation about urban legends, and one of the girls goes, "Have you ever heard of the like the Bloody Mary? Like if you say it three times, they're like oh that's so funny." Blah blah blah. blah. They have their pillow fight. They say it three times, and they're all li- living, laughing, loving, live, laugh, love. Um, and then like morning comes, and the girl disappeared. Basically, chaos ensues from then on. Um, I I I'm trying to even remember. There's the a newspaper the
1: story month. with the girl's uh, brother, so he's like, "Thank you." an asshole to people like, he, like when they go missing, like he's nobody likes him. Cause he wrote some story. Cause he did his research and told the truth.
4: Yeah. But what was the story on even? I feel like it was just disc- like, everything was disjointed in this movie because it, like, again, this movie had it had one interesting storyline and then it tried to like subvert your expectations by then like throwing in another killer. So a bunch of people start dying in stupid deaths where they well one of them was the the like hatching the cgi terrible um the spider like um growing eggs in the cheek and then basically like eating her alive which oh my
2: gosh that's what
4: happened um yeah well if you watch this it'll like wage any fears you have because it's done in such a way that you can't be scared by it ever again (laughs) um because it's so cgi fake that you're like "Mm, is this really how it works? like were these spiders made of acid? Like to be able to do what they did? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I did appreciate that um there was a boy, and this was the third time by the time this movie came out. I think this would have been now the third time we've seen a tanning bed, almost death or death, because um I still know what you did last summer and then final destination, whichever number three. it was.
1: They beat Final Destination three to it. Final Destination 3 comes out, I think, the next year. Oh, really? Or it came out later that year or the next year?
4: This was before Final Destination 3, the tanning bed. Mm -hmm. Well, in this movie, though, it was a boy in the tanning bed, which created. Although, again, tanning beds don't work that way. Would have blown out at the temperature. He got, like, fried to a point of, like, non-recognizable after, or, like, non-recognizable. <laughs> like, after a, ca- a what, cannibal
1: like, wouldn't eat ate him like he was that crisp.
2: Like, yeah, they don't work like, like that. It's not an actual like, fire.
4: minutes or 20 minutes? Like, yeah. I mean, how quickly would that have happened? Because, I mean, the girl was on her phone being an airhead, like, mm-hmm. on the phone, not knowing until, like, smoke happened. The machine would have shorted out before he would have fried. And all the, like, for some reason, it was more believable in Final Destination. Maybe they, like... All this movie and said, We're not gonna do it like that and we're gonna make it work this time. But um in this one, a boy gets fried to death to look like chicken. And um, oh, a guy get um a guy pees on an electric fence and the charge um zaps his dick off in this movie. Um that's a death <laughs> that happened. I did enjoy that one. That one was kind of fun. One from mm-hmm. Tom um and the cops I... made a joke about it. Yeah, he goes, Holy funny, shit, like... this guy's dick is still smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> um and again, again a woman directed this movie um and then so we start to find and then another man so uh an urban legend that's referenced in um to the one with the dog in the in the shower mm-hmm. um that's kind of that's a fake out death in this hell, by the way anyway anyway they yeah, have one high school kid gets the motel and he's miserable and he's drinking and um they do the urban legend deaths, not the dog and like people lick you type of thing. But it's actually, so these deaths are being caused by the ghost of Mary who got locked in the truck, like, who got locked in the trunk, And that's where the supernatural aspect comes in. And now you find out why that she's killing all these kids. They are the offspring of that. She's killing all the children. So all these men, conveniently enough, children, same time with people. They all ended up going to high school together and all being together. <laughs> so that's a lot of planning. Like you thought that number two was contrived, um, where like he like had to like plan to like hire or bring that girl and admit her to the school and um whatnot. This one, everybody in that prom group from the 60s who were all part of like the cover up of her death that they didn't even know they killed her, bring all had to die um as revenge um when it happened. So the only one who knows this is this um black woman who um oh and that's another reference that they have because isn't she watching in number three that woman what's her name what's her kid nancy no what's her character name the black woman is it nancy no her um, name is it doesn't matter i love her anyway i love her but they make is a nod grace? because grace did i help yep yep that's yes, grace. grace you did Yep. Great. Okay, well yep. done grace so uh, we love grace um she is it's kind of one dimensional and she's high off her ass the entire movie. And she makes a yep. point to say that. She's like, I can't drive. But they do make a nod to uh because um well not Loretta the character, but the idea of um Foxy Brown or something because yep. I know Loretta's watching Foxy Brown in one or two, whatever. And she's, this w- she's
1: watching Coffee in the first one and Foxy Brown and in like, the second one.
4: And 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 in this movie when they meet Grace, they're like, oh, you're like Foxy Brown or something like that. They just kind of, I don't know if that was intentional. I feel like they tried to do little Easter eggs for the other movies or like try to find ways to right. incorporate uh, said, elements of one and two in this movie. I must they should have said should've Friday
1: should've said. Foster. That was the third Pam Grier one she did. They should have done that. Oh, they, they didn't. Or yeah, Sheba Baby, one of those.
2: I uh, was just a take place. There was a lot of
1: 2005. It's present no, day.
2: If they were all like in high school in the 60s. Let's say it was nineteen sixty nine. I'm trying to do the math. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they didn't even have it. Like it's one thing if they just had babies like right out of high school, you know. Yeah. You'd have to be born like in the eighties to then be in high school in two
1: thousand five. It'd be like it'd be 86, 86 like eighty six or eighty seven. Yeah. Yeah. Been Yeah. So yeah.
2: then they waited twenty years probably to have kids after high school. So not only yeah. they waited till they were thirty eight. All of them <laughs> to have children. It's the
4: time. Uh, yeah. Sorry, second so, season so, worse. I was doing
2: the math. I'm like, this is really bad. What timing?
4: It's really like, it just, it could have been good. And that's what's frustrating. Like, the idea, like, I don't know why they took that. The, like, I don't, did it, was there a reason it needed to be the 60s um, when they did the dance or something? It's always
1: that when they go to the past for adults. So wasn't what, there an
2: urban legend? Because, like, back in the 50s or 60s, I thought, or maybe I'm thinking of a um, "Are You Afraid of the Dark" episode, um, where it's like the prom date didn't pick her up, and so uh-huh. she like jumps off a bridge, or maybe she gets pregnant and then gets rid of her baby at prom, and maybe it's the crybaby bridge scenario. Hmm.
4: Well, maybe I don't. Well, but that's irrelevant because I think the whole point is the woman who got locked in a trunk was named Mary, so I think that was just their bloody. Yeah. Mary and the urban legend of like this angry woman that if you say her name three times, but like she would basically bury to death oh. away. I mean, not really buried, but locked in a trunk. Right.
1: Which don't death. worry, they do clown that on Candyman, they're like Candyman knocked off Bloody Mary. And it's like, if you're gonna do that, you better be a better movie than horror masterpiece, one of the greatest of all time, Candyman. But your urban legends, Bloody Mary. <laughs> I would uh, just shut up about Candyman, but anyways, continue.
4: Yeah. So, but that, that's the other. So anyway, so like all these kids are dying, and they they enlist Grace to try to remember. Her, but poor Grace is still stoned off her ass as an adult and traumatized by life over the years of this night, really at all, or any of these men's names still to this day. So then they like what find the yearbook or something. They find the names. Um, And then they go to the school, they take her, like, van that's straight out of the 70s, Um, because basically this woman stopped standing time after the 70s, based on how it looked, even though it's 2005, this woman, her (laughs) apartment, her clothing, her van has not changed since the 70s. Right. (laughs) She was like, I'm good with the 70s. I'm going to stick with it. I mean, like I like persistent or um, consistency. So, um, so they get into the van. Um, The one girl, the, the, the Rooney, uh, not Rooney, Kate Mara has to drive the van because grace can't function uh, because she's too stoned. That's, that's literally her character personality is I'm stoned. Uh, And then they get to the school where, Is that when they discover that the, well, that the trunk is up in there or something? It's one of
1: those, like, it's one of those, like, oh, shit, we got to, like, properly bury the body to make it go away.
4: That's that's the, yeah. The fact that this death happened in the 60s, it is now, say, if it was in 1969, which is you know, it was earlier than 1969 based on the clothing. Mm-hmm. So like 60, but let's say 69, just for the sake of giving us a few years. It is now nearly like 35 years later, but more closely to 40 years later. You're telling me that no human being went to this mysterious attic in the school. No and smell. Noticed the smell of a rotting corpse. Ugh or they didn't renovate the school in 40 years someone or nothing like someone yeah. has to go like do they smoke so much weed? is that the secret weed spot of the school yeah. that like the stench of a dying body got covered up by weed over time Like every school probably had, school had AC installed had, right had they had yeah.
2: ventilation systems yeah. in yeah. up there like to but, go into other rooms they would have moved that out
4: they would have done something to this room but no it took the 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 attitude of a girl on a mission <laughs> in high school to like uncover this 40 year old mystery of a girl trapped in a out of school um yeah got it. so anyway they take the body so they like casually like take the body to a graveyard where then you get um some more great cgi mm-hmm. but you get a fake out where you realize that now you start thinking well you do know that the ghost is killing people um, primarily in the under the bed one, when the ghost like lunges from under the yeah. bed um, and pulls him through. But you get a fake out when then you find out the rapist man is um sheriff. Or no, he was no, um, no.
1: It's not the sheriff. They want you to think it's the coach the whole time, but it's it ends up being her her f- stepfather who kills his own son uh, during yes. this, and because um, he finds out. And then uh oh
2: my gosh cuz
1: he's he's yeah. running he's like a local politician running for mayor or, or he's like running for reelection or something but you know you know how bad this is is that when you cut from you cut from uh, the flashback at the beginning one of the first scenes is with him and you see all his like signs and stuff I'm like that's the motherfucker who did all this like it's going to end up being this guy by the end like it's just so telegraphed there it's like why all this hubbub for this guy and now he's got a close relation to the girl i'm like yeah it's gonna be this guy this is this is gonna be who it winds up being
4: and it does wow Uh, yeah well he's the one that did but he's like he's simultaneously killing people while the ghost is killing people but he's killing people to cover up the people who like found out that it was him yeah the ghost is people who are attached to him so so oh, it just everybody in his life is dying, whether he's doing it or the ghost is doing oh it. Gosh. And he knocks he knocks out um, Kate Mara mm-hmm. aggressively with a shovel. Right, and um, he attack like and he like killed Grace, didn't he? Um, no, 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 he
1: didn't kill Grace. Um, he he like, but because Grace is at the end, I would think with her. No,
4: but but no, but at the graveyard. I thought he killed Grace. Oh, did um, he kill when Grace, Grace okay. comes to save, when Grace comes to try to like because Grace miraculously like gets a rush of adrenaline and like yeah. realizes like girl in danger I must now unstone myself and like <laughs> come like you like get back to reality and she like shows up coherent and um tries to intervene on the fight to protect Kate and I don't know she gets knocked out all I know is the body gets put into the grave and then this like very elaborate CGI ghost woman comes back where then she approaches her like rapey murderer and um they she she returns from her like corpsey look into the dreamlike girl that she once was mm-hmm. and seduces him and then kisses him and then steals his soul until he basically <laughs> like like is like a, like this is now has an audience, like an audience built around like this, not a, but still now they <laughs> at a graveyard and now she can finally rest in peace and the movie and oh, and they kept playing the song, which you know, I mean, I know you love songs, Brandon. Um, uh, you don't is it that you don't have to say you love me? You don't yep. have to that, yeah. Um, one of those classic do new whoppers, songs, yeah, 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 which they reprise during the during his like fucking death,
1: yeah, which is a heart attack to all the normal people in the world, like that's what it is, obviously. And, and she's like, Oh, Kate Marl's like, Oh, well, people aren't you know, what's this and uh they're never gonna know like everything in this someone goes baby girl you're the urban legend now
2: oh my gosh
1: uh,
2: <laughs> After her stepfather
1: was gonna like decapitate her with a, a shovel she has to go back home to mom be like
2: yeah you had a heart attack i know it's so it just it- did the ghost turn into like an actual person or was she clearly a ghost the entire time when oh yeah i am you've seen him
4: Oh, clearly a ghost. Oh yeah, ghost.
1: Okay. Yeah, she's and a ghost. She's still being
2: seduced by it just because of her magical powers.
1: She's like a slasher, but like, well, she slowly builds into just being a slasher villain. Like it, it's all supernatural, and then like the motel kid, she shows up, and it's like it's. She starts getting more like a, a like a Jason type as as it goes yeah. along.
4: Yeah, because um, the 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 um, the tanning bed death, he gets locked into it, mm-hmm. and like mysteriously, you see the heat. Temperature going up without anybody touching it, so you get like a supernatural. But yeah, I think it is the hotel room when you actually go. Oh, now I'm just looking at a poorly made up. I don't think to be. I don't think the under the bed was CGI. I think that was an actual human with mm-hmm. just gray makeup on and the ragged wig that pulled him under. I don't think that was. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I think they used a real woman for the ghost. Yeah, um, and yeah. then just added a glow around her in post. It just could have been good. Like it they had the it had the elements to be a good thing, like a woman, where the ghost where like the woman was killed and then like comes back and um possesses somebody at the school type of thing and then killed people. Like it could have gone more of that direction of like prom night Two. and made it interesting where where it could have been like a student at the high school who got possessed by the ghost of Mary and killed the children. That would have been interesting. to me. See, this is what um, I was going to
1: say. I was you keep saying I like, could have been good. I'm like, well, if you want to see a good version of it, there's Hello Mary Lou, Prom Night Two, because I'm two. this movie knocks that one off probably in a way that oh, people are going to remember that. And, and like, there's so much of that, but that one is so much better. That one, I actually think Prom Night Two is better than Prom Night One, and that movie is like yeah. one of the best, like, not quite knockoff of Nightmare in Elm Street, but in the same type of. Slasher vein is like a Freddy, but kind of doing its own thing, and that's a super cool movie that is very much what this one is trying to be and failing at miserably. Um, but it also, and this was maybe that they would have done more post production to like color timing and stuff, but this doesn't, it's supposed to be theatrical, but it does not look theatrical at all. Um, the look of it,
4: especially for 2006, yeah, right? It was 2005. 2005. Okay. Well, still, still, not that we, that mattered, but yeah. Yeah, but we've that? seen some quality movies by 2005 mm-hmm. where this is embarrassing that I feel like this, this. OK, this movie looks like it should have been what film students made in number two urban legend movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like if somebody told you know what that would have been the most brilliant twist of all three Urban Legends. If this movie was playing, and then at the very end of it, you saw a classroom gathered together and it was like a group of kids in a film school being like, This is my movie on Urban Legends, and they like failed the class. It's that would the, have been really clever.
1: And they make it like it's for the award that is now named after the girl from the second one.
4: Yes. Like that would have been so funny if it was that this was like an urban legend movie made by a film school as a nod to the second one or something. And that somebody
1: and somebody's praising it in the audience and a girl leans over and goes, ah, these have gone far off the deep end. And it's Rebecca Gayhart.
2: Then oh, oh. sign me up. There oh. we go.
1: Uh, yeah, no, like this, and this has the aesthetic of like a religious movie almost. You know, yeah. like it has an aesthetic of like one of those kind of, it reminded me of like, I used to do all these like QC when I was in, DVD and Blu-ray for this company called Magnolia Pictures and they would buy up stuff that looked like this. There was like this movie with Sonny Mabry in it. If you remember her, it was this kid who had like a make a wish thing and like he was supposed to pick this football player and he ended up picking this model. Oh gosh. What was it called? It had Cynthia Nixon in it too, but it just that really cheap, like, like, like what did you use the camera? I can get to shoot my home movies at like Best Buy with or whatever To make this look better than that But it's just kind of like you don't have like a Film look to you At all like it's a little too stuff That's like a little too clear a little too yeah. Natural moving That's what this one kind of looks like Um, And it's weird because it's Mary Lambert she's done some good shit like She Pet Cemetery*, oh. Like yeah Like uh, Tales from the Crypt like Editing
4: she- was kind of bad Mm-hmm yeah yeah the editing was kind of like there there was too many like pregnant pauses in this too between Mm -hmm. like cuts of people talking like it lost its snappiness at times I don't know it just I don't know what I'm just surprised a woman directed it given how women are kind of portrayed in this movie like it's just they're not they're not really flushed out characters I mean I like all of the women in it there's none that like I'm Really, the only wait—the only girl who's brutally killed is the one with the spiders in the cheek, right? Right. Because right it's yeah, the, yeah. And his tanning bed, and the the dick getting uh, like electrocuted off is a man. Uh, yeah, the, uh, motel the
1: motel kid. Uh, yeah. The yeah
4: motel kid. Yeah. So so really, this movie is like very like let's kill men, Um, but they're all douchey men. But the, the women though aren't really empowered. I feel like. And even Kate Mara's character, she just kind of always just seems like I get why she I mean, people are dying all around her. But the stakes aren't really there because I don't feel like this group of friends is really that. I think that's the only thing about this movie that you can kind of say works is that like they all know each other, but they're not like conveniently enough best friends. Right. Like that at least works because a lot of these movies, it's convenient when like. They're all best friends somehow, and like this plot just conveniently works that they're all friends. Like, I still know what you did last summer when, conveniently enough, the son happened to become best friends with Brandy and Julie, mm-hmm. and like, and and managed to work his weasel his way onto this trip. Um, like that, that is too unlike, unlikely in this movie, but that's why I feel like these deaths, she, uh, there's no reason for her to really feel invested on it as much as she could have if she cared about the people dying mm-hmm. um it, it i guess this is like the era of like true crime snooping before that became such a big thing with the internet where like people are like oh a murder happened we must solve it on our own because cops are right. useless." that like i feel like this is almost an introduction into that world yeah. of this girl being like people are dying hmm I want to find out why. And she just becomes so overly invested. I just don't really get why she would. And now I'm forgetting. What was the whole disappearance thing again? That confused
1: like, the shit out of me because I rewound it and I went back and I was like, what? Because So these girls do the Bloody Mary thing in the beginning of the movie and then it goes to the next day and they've disappeared. And then they like (laughs) randomly come back and they're distraught and it's weird. And they don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, this is like Bloody Mary took them. And then they're like, no, these guys might have drugged them. And it's like, when did they go to do anything? Like they never left to go to a party. And then like they later on, some guy admits that he did it. And then like, and then like they went, there's like some scene of a party or something that's just gone from this movie that. I was lost. I was like, "Wait, what?"
2: The Did they get transformed that night or something? Like, maybe they got sent back to the nineteen sixties when Bloody Mary.
1: That's was what you murdered. want to think, but no, it ends up being some guy just drugged them. That was some off-screen event that we never had any idea. That was-
2: sucks. That's the bathtub with ice from the second one. It's like yep. we want to do a really cool like thing, but like. Well, I have to explain it. It's but you more, didn't even get a visual of it, though. Yeah, no, you got nothing. They, but it's a more
1: interesting movie if these girls disappear. They come back like, oh, and they're like, what happened to these girls? I was like, okay, that's that's not what this story is. That's not at
4: all. No, it was never really discussed again until they briefly like just said, oh yeah, that happened. But like again, it, they they set it up to look like bloody mary did it or something because they do the bloody yeah. mary next scene she's disoriented and drugged and you're like what happened like right there perfect opportunity to possess her yep like bloody mary came back as kate mara like that kate mara's got like movie. this you auburn hair urban legend it. and now right <laughs> like if if she got possessed like if she is basically like they say Bloody Mary and then Bloody Mary, rather than killing her, she's like, wait a second, I've got a better plan. I can possess her and she can do my bidding for me and kill her, yeah. which again, would have copied prom night, but would have been different enough because um in prom night, like she was kind of a slut and she was like slut shamed back in the day. And mm-hmm. this one, this woman is just basically killing a rapist. Like, yeah. so I mean, it's a different move like possessed for a different motive. Like who can, mm-hmm. like, I would like, there's enough possession movies, like just possess Kate Mara. And then not only then is she killing the murders, then she like killing the people under like the possession of Mary, but she could also been so disoriented that she's trying to solve the murder simultaneously only-, only to discover that she's the one committing the murders the whole time. And then she's basically my blood. And then she gets
1: locked up at the end next to Hart Bachner. And then Rebecca Gayhart shows up for another oh, appearance.
2: Ooh. Wait a minute. So did Kate Mara There's, have any connection I mean, to Bloody Mary? No. Like, her stepfather been... was oh, the guy step-father. who killed her. So maybe yes. her, her real mother or something or whatever, or yeah. her father, whoever isn't in the picture to make it a step. Yeah. That was his sister, so then she didn't know about the hmm. aunt because they just never talked about it. So then, yeah, I know. Oh, that would have
4: been yeah.
1: good, that would have been cool, but that's yeah, not that there. That that's connection. not she there.
2: This urge to discover, yeah,
4: well, yeah, that's bad. that would have been really that's true. That if, if Bloody Mary was actually the like the the aunt of Kate Mara or or some form of like relative, like that would have been great, but no, we get stepdad who conveniently enough. But then I feel like Kate Mara then is just bad circumstance because it could have just been any child. Like, she's not attached to it. It's just the stepfather is. So the stepfather didn't even have to try to kill Kate Mara. It just because Kate Mara started looking into the murders that then she became a person of interest that he knew he had to take out in order to protect himself. Like, if Kate Mara never actually investigated the murders, then stepdad wouldn't have had to, like, try to kill his stepdaughter.
1: Right. I mean, he
2: did kill his stepson, right? Yeah. Oh no, his that... real
1: son. It was his real Jeez, son. That's so oh, son.
2: awful. What?
1: Yeah. What? Not a good person. He's not a good person. No, he, he's, the, he's terrible. The step
2: can stay, because I like to touch yeah. her. That's what it sounds so. like. Ugh. well.
4: But, he tried to kill her though. It just for some reason she was scrappier and survived um because she had a ghost on her side i guess but it or or what would have been even better is if mary possessed her at the end and then like she got like demon powers and killed him like Mm. that would have been more interesting and then she's now accused of her stepdad's death and she's like no and then we like what like there's so many things she's crazy she's like
2: it wasn't me it was a ghost and then she's yeah back in the insane asylum yeah and then and
4: then you yeah, and then she's in a psych ward with Rebecca Gayhart. again. It all comes back to Rebecca Gayhart. and that's
1: why <laughs> my- <laughs> so uh anyway, so like they were actually going to do a fourth Urban Legend film, uh, and it got made, but before it went into production, they dropped the Urban Legend title of it. So if you ever see a movie called Ghosts of Goldfield, that was intended to be the fourth Urban Legend movie, straight to video again. Uh Sony sold the rights to that to another company and then took them back from that company intending to make it the fourth Urban Legend and uh never uh, it got made but it was not not official. Um,
2: oh, I'm going to watch this. If this is like about that Gold, oh, Gold I, Hotel. It's on
3: Tubi.
1: Yeah, it's on Tubi. Oh, Tubi's the best. You know it's on Tubi. Urban Legend Bloody Mary should be on Tubi Hell but what? it's not. Yo, Lutz. Um,
4: Helen, I know. Kellen Lutz is in it.
2: Okay. I'm watching R- this immediately. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yep.
1: It's Piper. Yeah, Joe the Piper. Joe Bob it?
2: Briggs, sign me up.
1: There you go. So there's that little nugget. Um. So, okay. So as we wrap these up, which one was your favorite of the Urban Legends?
2: Number Just, one.
4: Jessica, number one. Greg?
1: Oh,
2: yes.
4: I mean, I have to go number one, but I like the production quality of number two a little bit more.
1: I got to go number one, but like, it's not that far ahead. Like it is, it's a hard, it's a, it's not quite a coin toss, but it's almost there for a coin toss. Now, do you, next question, do you like the urban legends better than, uh, I know what you did last summer. Oh,
2: no, only because I still feel like I know you did last summer. Again, I want to empower women as killers, uh, because you know, Mm -hmm. um, scream too. I mean great it's great it's great It's great, great. but like I still don't understand how uh, Brenda could have done what she did so that's like mm-hmm. the magic of killing and I just feel like I know what you did last summer is almost more realistic and I buy into it
1: it feels like it has a Versus sense of urgency that's lacking in urban legend
2: yeah, yeah. it's ah. just like oh I'm just getting revenge on all my friends too just to take you off because yeah. like, what did these people do to her nothing she just wanted to kill them, why not mm-hmm.
4: Which I liked, <laughs> um, but I think I think the I think as an ensemble, the I know what you did last summers are stronger, I think in the editing and the snappiness of it. Mm-hmm. um I think concept wise urban legends, one and two are more clever than the other two, but I think the performances and some of the iconic lines and scenes are stronger in I know what you did last summer, nice. so. So story wise, urban legends stronger, anything that could have been made better. Um, but I know what you did last summer just organically works. But I think that is all thanks to the cast that they got. They really they right. they they, they perfect for this movie um, with with um, Serge. Uh, oh, my God. Sarah Michelle Gellar and um, um, Julie. Why am I freaking Jennifer Love Hewitt. Thank you. Yes. And the two boys. I just um, think that blend worked magic.
1: So you'd say I know what you did last summer. The first one's the best of all of these. Is that where we're at, or
2: I would say that. Yeah. But then, Urban yeah. Legend, the first Urban Legend, is like the number two.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, like, yeah. I'd it's, be it's like,
2: like, the first ones are still the best. But again, I, Urban Legend, the Final Cut, like I really yeah. did enjoy. It. Like Final Cut, like, this is, is a good movie.
1: It's definitely better than the second. I know what you did last summer. Yes. Final Cut and or yes. Ur- the first Urban Legend, I would say, is better than the second and third i know he did last summers um what's better of the bottom feeders greg bloody mary or i'll always know oh um who's the straight to video king
4: honestly uh, or queen i'm gonna okay and i i say this very casually but i'm gonna i uh, i'm gonna give it to bloody mary yep i only, I, I yep only because i think there are more things that are so absurd and memorable in Bloody Mary, maybe not for good reasons, but I remember them better than I always know. Like I can barely tell you a thing about I always know right now. Mm-hmm. I remember some of it, but there are parts of Bloody Mary that are like ingrained in my head. Again, not for the right reasons, but at least they stuck with me. So yeah. for that reason it beats out I'll always know.
1: All right, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I'll say like like, I, I probably go with I know you did last summer at the top, but like, urban legends keeps creeping up on it, like knocking on the door, breathing down its neck. The first urban legend, um, but and I, I like Final Cut too, like a lot. So, it's yeah, some pretty good stuff there. So,
4: awesome. They do, they do follow the same path though. When you look mm-hmm. at like the first urban legend, and the first I know what you did last summer, there's like they're convoluted, but they're still grounded in some form mm-hmm. of reality. And then the sequel is for both of them the most contrived plot. that yes. you've never that just <laughs> right. they all completely have to align. And then the third ones just jump straight into supernatural. <laughs> That's both true. Yeah. So like they they really just kind of just held hands and said, We're going for this journey together. Um, but I think I know what you did last summer as a whole with probably that trilogy. Yeah. Um and yeah, yeah. So anyway
1: gotcha okay well um thank you uh both for this uh, as we are recording two-hour conversation about urban legend one two and three and uh appreciate that i hope you all have had fun uh before we head out uh jessica where can people keep up with you right now
2: oh on twitter at jay and allsman instagram at jessica allsman and over at the bob and tom show if you uh listen you can listen on the bob and tom show mobile app it's free i'm usually on wednesdays how about that excellent send me your favorite uh rebecca Gayheart memes
4: there you go Uh (laughs) all right great uh you can find me on social media platforms under the mcgoonies so the and then mcgoonies m-c-g-o-o-n-i-e-s and um i use instagram the most out of all of those
1: there you go. Nobody, nobody pushing mastodons anymore. Is that what or was that what it was I signed up for? But uh okay. And I'm on uh Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4QHD. The written work is at whysoblue.com. We're gonna keep this train running as next week we are gonna begin our march to scream six. Coming out in March. So next week, we're not doing the whole Scream thing. We are going to give Scream a film-by-film film approach. Not the most original idea on on podcast, but it's the only one with these three giving their ideas and opinions on a podcast. So I will w-
2: say Scream, the movie Scream. Here's your teaser brought me a new love at a very young age added to the top five was Matthew Lillard.
1: Oh, okay.
2: He, he made it on the list. And I think he's still there because it's laminated. So,
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> as
2: long as he doesn't do anything really, really bad.
1: No, as far as I know, and I know people that are friends with them, that's not going to happen. But uh yeah, as master P said, scream. <sighs> that's coming up. Uh So we'll be talking Scream from 1996, Um, and then continuing on Scream 2, Scream 3, You Can Count, uh, and then Scriforum, and then Scream, Again, not well, not scream again, but anyways, lots of anecdotes. It's going to be a lot of fun to go back to the past and go through these that I know on the back of my head uh, pretty well. Um, so that's next week. And I uh, hope you enjoyed Urban Legends to warm up for that. Um, so, uh, in the meantime, while you're waiting, read up on your ULs and uh, stay film positive.
0: Thank you for listening.